As we hear the scriptures this morning, I always like to remind us as the beginning part of the Mass, the half, first half of the Mass is called the Liturgy of the Word, right? Then we have the Liturgy of the Eucharist after we break God's Word open in the homily. We have the Liturgy of the Eucharist that begins. And one way to think of this is the beginning of Mass, the Liturgy of the Word is the menu, and then the Liturgy of the Eucharist is the meal. So when you go to a restaurant, you check the menu out. So it elicits an appetite or a desire or a hunger or thirst for this or that on the menu. So God isn't dumb. He set it up knowing how we like to eat. God set up this gift of the Eucharist, the Lord's Supper, for us here in time, thousands of years later. The Holy Spirit makes it possible we can access this eternal moment where God gives Himself to us, to receive Him into us. There's no greater and more fruitful human activity than receiving God. And so as we enter the Mass, you might ask yourself, what did God just say to me? What was the menu saying? What is God saying to us? How is God inviting you as a, as a man, as a woman, as a person into communion with Him at this meal, this sacrifice of His love for you and I. How's He inviting you? You know, when you first fall in love with somebody, you're always listening to them really close. But then as time goes on, they talk and you don't seem to pay attention, right? It's like a marriage, right? After so many years, they're like, my husband never listens anymore. Or my wife never listens anymore. So we get into this sort of not really paying attention. God wants you and I to really pay attention. To introduce ourselves. Hi, my name's Michael. Every time we come to Mass, we put our hand in that holy water font, bless ourselves. We're basically saying, Hi, Lord. I'm here. I want to renew my devotion and love for you as you love me. So we break open the Scriptures this morning. We look at the menu here. And what is God serving this morning to us as His dear sons and daughters? Well, we're at Matthew chapter 22. In Matthew chapter 22, it's important to know the context of this Scripture is found in Holy Week. It's getting close to the passion of Christ in this Scripture reading that we're reading. Now, Jesus has been poking the Pharisees and Sadducees in the nose for a number of weeks now basically challenging their hypocrisy, challenging their wanting to lay heavy burdens without lifting a finger to help the people they're challenging. It's one thing to challenge somebody, it's another thing to help them with the challenge you're presenting them with. Anyone can point fingers and challenge, which we need to do. Like a coach, a good coach is going to challenge the players, but a good coach is also going to get his hands dirty with the players and lead those members of his team to reach the goal he sees in them, right? So the Lord is being challenged right now by the Pharisees and the Herodians. Now it's important to know, the Pharisees represent the religion. The Herodians represent the state. So the Pharisees, who really hate the Romans, for some reason decided to team up with the Herodians who like the Romans. So you have the Pharisees and the, the Pharisees and the Herodians who team up on Jesus. Jesus is in a really difficult place here because he's 
placed in this situation where they pull out a coin and say, is it right to pray the, temp the, the, the census tax, basically? And if Christ says, yes, then the Pharisees say to all the people of Israel, see, I told you so. He's with the Romans. And if he says, no, the Herodians run back to Caesar and report Christ, and the state comes and takes him away. So Jesus... No matter what he says, it seems like he's stuck. And so, what does the Lord do? This is, a, this is an important way that Jesus deals with this conundrum that he's in. This difficult place. What does he say? He says, well, let me see the coin. Then what does he do? He says, whose image is on it? Caesar's image is on it. Then he says... Repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. So that last part of the scripture, give to God what belongs to God, is the key to understanding and unlocking the mystery or the food that God wants to give us this morning at Mass. What is he saying? The way God sees you and I is different than often the way we see ourselves and each other. God doesn't see a bunch of $20 bills sitting in the pew. God doesn't see a bunch of numbers in the system sitting in the pews. Caesar might see, what can you do for me? What can you do for me? What can you do for me? If you can't do anything with, for me or give me anything, you're not worth anything. You have no value. So God says, give to Caesar what's Caesar's, give to God what is God's. Human persons are not merely bodies. We're not just body creatures. We're body soul. Christ sees your souls. And we, as followers of Jesus, are called to see not just somebody that can do something for me. We're called to see the person in their fullness. I'm called to see you as a unique individual that God created as His beloved son or beloved daughter. I'm called to see your soul. I'm called to tend to your soul with truth, with kindness, gentleness, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control, forgiveness, mercy. We're called to tend to the person. So Christ is coming against this attitude of, if you will, transforming our faith into a corporation. Christ isn't for the corporate approach to prayer or the corporate approach to faith and relationship. If I treat my spouse in a corporate fashion like, what can you do for me? Or if I treat my children or my friends or for that matter my enemies for, what can you do for me? That relationship will never be, it will never grow, it will die. And so the Lord's challenging us today to look in the mirror and what do you see? What do you see when you see yourself? What do you see when you see another? You're not a currency. I don't treat people the way I treat a $20 bill. I don't treat people the way I treat work. We can't treat people 
in a utilitarian fashion, like, what are you able to do for me? So Christ is coming against this mindset that we pick up as we live out in the world. And He's inviting you to Mass, to the, His Supper, His meal. So to properly dispose our hearts to receive God's love, we got to be willing to be still and silent. Does anyone know why Judas left the Last Supper early? Or why Judas left the Mass early? Why? Jesus wasn't doing what Judas wanted Jesus to do. Judas said, I'm out of here. You're not doing what I need you to do. I got other things to do that are more important than be human, to be with love, to be with God. I have more things important to do than go visit grandma and grandpa. I have more important things to do than spend time wasting time with my wife, my kids, and my God. I have more important things to do than to go visit someone in the nursing home or the hospital. I'm too busy. You're also not happy if that's our attitude and approach to life. Let me tell you the two most important things you can do. Waste time with God and waste time with each other. If you get that, everything else will follow. We stop wasting time with God and wasting time with each other as family, everything else will fall apart. Marriages, families, life, work, health, it all falls apart. Because we're treating ourselves and people like a corporation. We're treating each other with a utilitarian approach to life. We're treating each other like a currency. So this week I'd like you to think about, let's be compassionate, not treating each other like a currency. Let's, let's be relational beings as God created us, not beings that are always concerned about what can I get done, what can I do, what can I do. And so, this is why a lot of us, again, go back to last week's word. We avoid silence, and we avoid being still. You know why babies are threatening? Why there's abortion? Babies can't do anything. They drain the system, or if you will, drain my life. I don't have time. I have much ahead of my life. Why would I have a baby right now? I'm much more ahead of my life. Why do the elderly, why is there abortion euthanasia? Why is that? Why do we, the elderly and babies teach us how to love. Babies and the elderly teach us how to be. Isn't it interesting that the two bookends of life are attacked? Why is that? Because everything in the middle, we haven't yet learned what the meaning of life is. It's to be human. Not to be human doings, but to be human beings. And so, what image do you see when you look at me? What image do I see when I look at you? What do you see when you look at each other or the people you're going to meet this week? What do you see? Do you see a dear soul, immortal soul that needs love? People don't do bad things because they just want to do bad things. Everyone, when we sin, we sin because we're hurting. There's something going on in here. We're hurting. We need love. 
So again, this week, five minutes a day, silence. I wonder how many passing grades we have from last week. Who took five minutes to be silent every day? That's what I want you to do. Five minutes a day. That is your prescription from Dr. Michael, all right? I'm not a doctor, I'm a priest. But you get the point. I'm the spiritual physician, you come to me, you're all sick just like me. But I'm going to say, okay, I'm just guessing that maybe the problem is we're not spending enough time in silence. So I'm going to write your prescription. Five minutes a day, seven days a week. Do that. And don't be afraid when you feel uncomfortable and awkward in the silence. Because you know what God's doing in that moment? He's confronting the lies in you. That you've learned out in Caesar's world, I have to perform. I have to do. I have to perform. I have to do. So this is why our minds hop around in distraction. Because your mind's like wanting to go do something. And your heart's saying, no, I'm staying. This is just a little pointer that helps me as you take this prescription every day. When your mind starts jumping around, treat it like a bunch of little children. Here's what I do. Listen, you guys want to play outside, you want to do this, you want to do that, you want to do this. Guess what? We're not doing anything until we spend five minutes right here. You can whine all you want, we're not going anywhere. So I sit there and my mind's hopping around. I'm like, go ahead, hop, cry, and whine all you want. We're staying here five minutes. And then when we're done, I say, now you can go play. So we gotta, we gotta learn to shepherd this thing. It's crazy sometimes. It'll drag you all over the place if you don't put it. It's like a wild horse. It wants to go everywhere. You gotta put the reins on this thing and rein it in and say, ho, stop. Father Michael said, you need to be quiet. We're going to take some time to just be loved by God. If you do that every day, I can guarantee you're going to find peace. And you know why we don't like to do that? It threatens. It threatens us. Because we're not doing anything. If we can't be with God, we'll never learn to be with each other. Learn to be with God so you can be with each other. Be with your wife. Be with your kids. Be with each other. That's what life's about. And so as we continue Mass, let's ask for that grace. Five minutes a day, every day this week. And we'll see what kind of, maybe more hands will go up next time. <laughs> but uh, again, I pray for you every day. Pray for me. We need to help each other in this. This, isn't, this is why we come to Mass. So let's ask for that grace as we, as we pray this Mass.